Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to be discussing the upcoming new moon on May 19th, 2023. I am so excited to talk about this new moon and other astrological ongoings now that we are on the other side of eclipse season, or at least kind of washing up to shore after eclipse season. And so I'm really excited to catch up on the astrology and talk about what this new moon has to offer us. Before we get started, I want to remind you all that on this podcast, we do use the Vedic sidereal system of astrology, which is different from the Western tropical system. So to learn more about the differences between these two systems, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on media and then astrology now, and you will find a podcast embedded there. I also have playlists available that will teach more about the houses, the signs, the planets, the nakshatras, and I have an interview playlist available as well, where I put all of the interviews with some of the most amazing astrologers that we are so fortunate to interview here on Astrology Now. And I want to remind you all on the previous podcast I had mentioned that I went to an ashram to see my teacher, which was such a special moment. Even just saying that, I kind of like felt butterflies. Like what an amazing period of life where you get butterflies. (laughs) thinking about an ashram. So, so fortunate. Um, so anyway, I got to go to the ashram and see my teacher. And while I was there, I got sick and you all know when I'm sick, like every single time I'm sick, I tell you all about it. I'm such a baby. I never get sick. Um, but I, I did end up getting sick on this trip and I'm finally like totally well. I feel completely fine, but I still have this like raspiness to my voice and I'm a little nasally. I'm not sure if y'all can pick it up, but I definitely can hear it. And so I'm just kind of apologizing in advance because I know that it can be a little bit distracting, but without further ado, let's go ahead and get into some astrology. And so it is May 17th, as I record this on the May horoscope, I had mentioned that this period of time had the potential to be really amazing for some individuals based off of their birth chart. So right now, as I'm recording this again, Pluto is squaring Jupiter at six degrees of Aries. And so if you have any planets at six degrees of Aries, even give give or take like four, four to eight degrees of Aries, four to eight degrees, Libra, maybe even cancer, Capricorn, there could be some really exciting things happening in life. And of course, depending on your birth chart, it could also bring some sudden changes, maybe even some sudden losses, you know, depending on your rising sign or planets being transited. But if you are one of the more lucky ones right now, so to speak, And if you do have planets that are being hit in a positive way, again, it really can bring this growth, expansion, optimism, sense of grace, sense of just feeling lucky and prosperous for lack of better words. And so I do think that I'm a lucky one. I am, oh man, I am welcoming such a huge shift right now. 
And I've been mentioning on this podcast and I feel like every single time I talk about it, it becomes longer. I'm like, for the last four months, things have been weird. For the last eight months, things have been weird. For the last 10 months. Seriously, like for the last for the last year at this point, things have been kind of like a vortex of change for me. And I've been so fortunate in the process and I've had so much support and I'm so lucky and I've been able to, you know, find the light coming through the cracks really, but it hasn't been the easiest year for me. And I feel like I'm reaching this pivot point where things are really clicking into place. Things are feeling so good. And y'all, I am falling in love with life again. And it's like, I I've been in love with life. Like there have been these moments in my life where I just feel this incredible optimism. And now is one of those times where it's just like so good. And the reason for that is because I simply asked myself if there's anyone else out there, you know, who may need to hear this. I just asked myself, what does being in love with life look like? And what do I love when I'm left to my own devices? If I had a week and I could do literally whatever I wanted without any judgment, any critique, any expectation, if I wasn't trying to sacrifice anything for anybody, what would it look like? And it's like taking road trips, (laughs) being outside all day long, rock climbing all day long, reading, not checking social media, like making a list of things that just ignite my heart and ignite my spirit and just doing them more often. And it's so interesting. I can't speak for everyone, but for myself, it's so interesting how easily those things can get lost. Like I know I love those things. How were there periods of my life where I wasn't doing them all the time? And after looking at it, I realized that there were so many facets of myself and so many facets of life that I absolutely love that I've sacrificed historically for the sake of connection and connection and relationship, rather it be intimate, familial, child, whatever it may be. Sacrifices are necessary, right? Like we have to sacrifice in order to connect. A lot of the time there has to be some sort of negotiation. And I think that we have to be so careful that when we have an opportunity to choose a connection, because family, we can't really choose. Like there are things that we can't really choose, but when it comes to the relationships and connections that we choose in life, we have to first prioritize the parts of ourself that are essential non-negotiable, the parts of ourself that set us on fire. And those parts of ourself must stay intact and act as a compass when choosing those connections. We cannot put out our fire for something else because when we do that, it's never going to work. Nothing works when we put out our own fire. We have to be on fire to make things work. And I realized that, and it was just such a powerful moment for me. And it was so empowering. Like I I feel so strong in that. And it also just gives me such a greater sense of control and again, empowerment and liberation and freedom, totally just ecstatic 
to connect with those parts of myself again. And I hope that this can reach someone somewhere. I know it's not necessarily astrological, but it kind of, I mean, it is for me anyway. Um, and perhaps someone else out there is having this opportunity as well. So getting in to this new moon, the new moon is taking place on May 19th, 2023 in the sidereal sign of Taurus in the nakshatra of Kritika. And so Kritika, or let's talk about Taurus first. Taurus is one of my favorite signs, naturally. It's an earth sign. So there's this practical element to it, a consistent grounded element to it. And it's ruled by Venus. So Taurus has this artistic quality to it. Very expressive, very beautiful, very sensual. And so I think that sometimes when, at least for me, if I hear sensual, there's kind of like this sexual connotation to it, but sensual is the senses. So indulging in food, indulging in amazing music, indulging in the sensory experience of touching something soft, you know, or smelling a flower, smelling cookies, and then getting to eat them. (laughs) It's like Tauran people really understand how to enjoy those experiences. If I'm going to a new restaurant, or if I'm going to like bake something, I want to be with a Tauran person because it enhances the experience for me. (laughs) Like they notice things that help me become more aware. So maybe noticing the music or the lighting or the ambiance or whatever, they aliven experiences because they are ruled by Venus. Now, Taurus is also, again, it's an earth sign, which is associated to wealth and finances and security which is going to become important here when we start talking about some of the more global events that we'll be experiencing. The new moon is occurring in the nakshatra of Kritika. And so remember that in each of the zodiac signs, there are three nakshatras. And nakshatras essentially just break the sign down to give it a more specific result. And so in the sign of Taurus, we have Kritika, Rohini, and Murugashira. This new moon is in Kritika, where the moon is exalted. The moon becomes exalted in the sign of Taurus, and it especially enjoys being in the nakshatra of Kritika. And so Kritika is symbolized by a knife, by a sharp object, and the deity governing over Kritika is Agni. Agni is the god of fire. And so there is this very sharp cutting quality of Kritika. Remember that the nakshatra of Kritika spans between Aries and Taurus. So it's on the final degrees of Aries into the beginning degrees of Taurus. And so again, there's this very hot element to it, this purifying quality to it. When we think of a knife, at least for me, when I think of a knife, I think of a sharp cutting perceptiveness, being very perceptive to the world around us, being able to see more clearly, interpret more accurately, slicing through illusion. And there's also this kind of 
harsher, perhaps critical quality to this nakshatra because it tells it like it is. It's straightforward. It's direct. Sometimes it can feel sharp and cutting. When I think about fire from a spiritual perspective, the fire is so symbolic for so much. Agni is the fire of transformation. And so in the science of Ayurveda, Ayurveda is the sister science of Jyotish. It's a, it's a science of life. It's a dietary science, essentially. We are said to all have Agni residing in our gut. And it's Agni that burns our food and turns it into nutrients that we can absorb. So it transforms the material quality of the food to become energy and nutrients and things of that nature. Agni is also associated to other types of transformation in our lives. The fire is so, again, it's so symbolic. When we sit in the fire of transformation, there is heat, there is discomfort, there can be pain, but there is something that changes for the better so that we can receive nutrients, so that we can receive what we need in order to grow and to thrive. Tapas is one of the big values in the practice of yoga. And so you all know I, I've done Ashtanga yoga for a long time. There are the yamas and the niyamas. This is very important to the Ashtanga yoga system. And these are essentially the do's and don'ts of life. Tapas relates directly to that heat and that fire and that discipline. It's when we show up consistently for something or we sacrifice our own comfort for a greater something. We sit in discomfort deliberately for some sort of reward. And I, again, I think that this is a really, really powerful concept in today's society because we have so much access to what we want when we want it. There's a lot of instant gratification when we're scrolling social media. It's like we're constantly filled with stimulus. A lot of us struggle with attention span or, um, again, maybe, maybe discomfort. We also live in a very comfortable time if we're in a Western country, especially. And so learning how to interact with tapas is a very powerful, empowering thing, but the essential core concept is learning how to allow ourselves to be uncomfortable and being able to sit in that, um, in physical asana practice. This is such an amazing way to practice tapas in a physical asana practice because we can feel it so viscerally if we're like sitting in a posture and it's super uncomfortable and our muscles are like tightening up or spasming or like, you know, <laughs> we're shaking, we're sweating, super, super uncomfortable. The tapas is being able to sit there, being able to find our breath, being able to release the muscles that are not needed being able to relax just a tiny bit more in that moment. And that ability, when we learn how to do that in a physical yoga practice, that ability can 
span to all other areas of life. When we're in a hard conversation, can we soften? Can we relax? Can we resist the urge to interrupt? Can we resist the urge to defend ourselves and instead just bear witness to what this person is saying? Truthfully, with that sharp perception that Kritika offers. All right, just being more awake to the present moment because we're not so caught up in the fact that we're uncomfortable. So distracting. Discomfort is so distracting and it takes us out of the present moment, but the world is full of discomfort. Rather it be those hard conversations or doing something we don't want to do, making a hard decision or you know, calling someone out of Dharma, not necessarily because we want to. And it could even be mundane things like sitting in traffic, having a conversation with a cashier who isn't necessarily friendly or having someone cut us off. You know, these things happen all the time where there will suddenly be a knee jerk reaction. Something fires in our brain. We have a knee jerk reaction and the power of perception and the power of tapas is to control the reaction. It's like Jedi mind power, right? And instead of allowing ourselves to act off of that knee jerk instinct, we now become the controller of our life. We truly are empowered and we are truly driving the ship. And that's the power of tapas. Being able to sit there let ourselves be uncomfortable so that we can make a wonderful higher self conscious decision instead of kind of falling folly to the <laughs> knee jerk animal brain sometimes that we're all prone to doing. So this new moon definitely offers a lot. And if there are any intentions that you've been wanting to set in regards to how you respond to the world around you or how you show up or how you approach discomfort in life. If there's something that you've been wanting to show up to a little bit more fully, a little bit more clearly, this new moon can definitely help with that. And I also want to say that it can certainly bring up some confronting experiences for sure. Um, it is Kritika. And so it may be that you're having a few more experiences with people that feel kind of sharp. It could be that you need to make a difficult decision. It could be that you need to cut something off or you need to create some sort of boundary for yourself. And so there can definitely be these events arising. And so just be moving forward with your intelligence and, and know that there could be some potential triggering experiences. When the moon is exalted, it can actually make us feel more deeply and it can make us feel a little bit more sensitive. And so have that on the radar as well. On a global level, this is definitely a heated time. We should be watching global events in regards to the heat index. Um, if you are in a hot place, like I am in Austin, make sure that you have your AC checked, change the filters, just make sure that everything is going well in the house regarding heat. And again, I do anticipate that we're going to have a pretty hot summer and it's going to start sooner than perhaps anticipated. Taurus also, of course, has to do with finance and the economy. This is a huge time to be paying attention to the economy, the housing 
uh, prices. I mentioned that on the previous podcast in terms of the market involving housing and property, maybe even vehicles. This is definitely a time to be paying attention. There can be some pretty big shifts and changes here. And globally, we can definitely anticipate some potential sharp behavior. Okay. Something that a client brought to my attention recently, it was really interesting. She's probably going to be listening to this podcast. And if so, hello, I hope you're doing well. She was asking about food and resources. And apparently a lot of astrologers have been talking about like food and resources. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, but I was noticing interestingly that first of all, Pluto return for the United States. I've been discussing this for like for forever since I started the podcast is that we are experiencing a Pluto return here in the United States. This is putting a big emphasis on currency, economy, financial matters, government structures, but for all of the world since 2020, Pluto entered Capricorn in early 2020 all of us around the world have been experiencing a shift with government or economy, financial matters. Of course, you know, all of us experienced COVID together and it completely transformed the world. And that's the type of impact that Pluto has. And for the United States specifically, we've been having that Pluto return. But what I really want to note about that is that it's in the sign of Capricorn, the earth signs always are associated to wealth and finances. Now in 2024, Uranus is going to enter Taurus. It will retrograde and enter Taurus again in March of 2025. This is significant because Uranus can bring sudden shifts and changes. It has this very electric energy to it. It can bring absolutely like sudden events and it's going to be in Taurus, which also has to do with money. So as we move towards 2024, 2025, 2026, I do think that we're going to see even bigger changes in regards to the economy and wealth. Taurus, of course, also has to do with security, food, resources. And so there may be more of a focus on these areas of life. So I thought that that was an interesting conversation that we had and something interesting to share with you all as well. And, um, just kind of on brand for this Taurus energy we're feeling. And so this is something to keep an eye on for the collective. And then for us individually, if we've been needing to be more responsible with wealth and budgeting security, if we've been wanting to change money in the bank or switch up our investments to create a a deeper sense of security, it's a good time. And even other ways of securing ourselves. If you are wanting to grow food or start a garden, a plant, um, or start a little micro garden, this is an amazing time to do so. I actually think I may be planting stuff soon as well. It's kind of hot to start planting. I don't know anything about gardening. I have a friend who knows something about gardening. I think I'm going to get into it. But anyway, I wanted to extend that out to you all as well. Very, very Taurus quality. So other astrological ongoings, Saturn will be aspecting Mercury at 12 degrees of Aries around this new moon. Saturn aspecting Mercury is amazing for logical reasoning, 
organizing, anything that requires us to be detail-oriented. It's excellent for logical thought, um, intellectual discipline. So if you are a student or if your job requires that type of mental faculty, this is an excellent time for all of that. Or if you've been wanting to like start a book or create a mini series, or even do something online that requires discipline, this is a great time to do so. I want to say to be mindful of the schedule of other people. This is a great time to practice being punctual. It's a great time to back our thoughts with logical reasoning. I'm a cancer rising. If you guys saw my chart, it would make so much sense. I really do lead with like feelings and it's such a refreshing reminder to think about things logically, (laughs) think about things rationally. So it's a good time to flex that skill and think about things from a little bit more of a grounded perspective. Again, if you've been wanting to write or publish or, uh, do any type of online organizing. It's a great time. And honestly, organizing in general, amazing. If you've been wanting to organize the house, organize any files, even if you've been wanting to organize something fun, if you've been wanting to organize a get together, like, um, creating a spreadsheet or creating online invitations, really nice time. I just want to say, respecting other people's logical reasoning, respecting other people's time. People may be a little bit more finicky with these things, a little bit more critical if their time is not being valued. And I I remember learning this in yoga teacher training. We were talking about ways of stealing. We were talking about non-stealing and how when we take other people's time for granted or if we're constantly showing up late or if we're not appreciating people's time, we're actually stealing their time. And time is our most valuable asset. So it's, I honestly can be, I'm getting better. I can be a little bit bad about this sometimes in my day-to-day life, not with work. Um, but it's something to really think about and really consider and take seriously. Mercury did go direct on May 15th. This is an amazing relief for everybody. Mercury, of course, is the planet of communication and media, our cognitive processing, our technology. Mercury going direct is going to enhance our communication. Once again, it is going to support our use of online work, our use of technology. There should be fewer travel delays, fewer travel issues. Those could always happen, but Mercury Direct, again, it's helpful for travel, absolutely. And um, everything is our fault again. We can't blame anything on Mercury Retrograde anymore until the next Mercury Retrograde. (laughs) From May 30th until June 5th, so May 30th until June 5th, Rahu and Jupiter are conjoined at nine degrees of Aries. If you have plants at nine degrees of Aries, this can definitely bring some sort of opportunity. We can give or take a few degrees um, from that. It could just it could be around nine degrees, but if you have plants at nine degrees of Aries, this could certainly bring some sort of cool opportunity. Um, it could also be Libra as well. Um, but just kind of have that on the radar. And if anything happens, please email astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com so that I can read it on the next podcast. If something cool happens or if something not so cool happens, that's fine too. Between May 21st and May 
23rd, Mars is going to be opposing Pluto at six degrees of Capricorn. So Mars is currently debilitated as we discussed on the monthly horoscope for May. It really does depend on someone's birth chart, but with Mars opposing Pluto at six degrees of Capricorn and Cancer, I do recommend being careful if you have planets there. If you have planets at six degrees of Cancer or Capricorn from May 21st, May 23rd, give or take a few days, be very mindful. We are all a little bit more prone to accidents or injuries, bumps, cuts, bruises. Just take extra care during this period of time. Okay. And again, May 30th, June 5th, uh, Rahu and Jupiter conjoining at nine degrees of Aries. Some of us are going to get pretty lucky around that period. And globally, there may be events occurring. This Jupiter and Rahu conjunction, it could bring something involving health and wellness. It could be travel technology. It could be space exploration. It could be life extension, as we discussed before, something to do with children And of course, as we've discussed, it could bring about some sort of scandal, maybe even in regards to teachers, um, an extra focus on firearms and weaponry, and people can be a little bit more rebellious during this period of time, a little bit less obedient. It could certainly bring some sort of sudden event or sudden shift, a focus on, a focus on like futuristic thinking, uh, managing wealth in some way. So these are areas to be focusing on, but I want to kind of bring it back. Remember that Jupiter and Aries is a very independent placement and it reminds us to be so discerning with who we take advice from and who we accept leadership from. I was having a conversation with a friend recently. There's a difference between judgment and discernment. Discernment will save you. Discernment is the compass of the heart. It will lead us to where we need to go. We have to have discernment on the spiritual path. It's completely different than judging someone. And so it's a time to really be discerning about the people who we take advice from and also being willing to tune into the center of our heart, into our own intuition and trust ourselves to make decisions for our lives as well. And so as we kind of move towards this exact conjunction, there may be events or experiences that remind us to tap in, that have us rely on ourselves a little bit more to really trust ourselves and to free fall and know that we've got our own back and we're going to know how to handle whatever comes our way with intelligence, right? So this is what I have for the new moon. I hope that it was helpful. I have my readings paused. I am going to be taking a little bit of a break, though I am still offering 30-minute readings and the SOS readings. I do have a Patreon account where you can learn how all these transits will influence your sign personally. Patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. Again, my website is innerknowing.yoga and Instagram is astrologynow underscore podcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Thank you.